Uh, Alright, podcast. Dude, yeah, I can't say that. Choo choo choo, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. And I'm Turt Reynolds? Uh, <laughs> Dirty then. Uh, <laughs> Settle down, Don. <laughs> we need to give a parental advisory for this? Clicking furiously on my mouse. Eat it. Eat the paella. Question's hot. Alright, everybody. Let's get swifty. That was cool. That was fun, guys. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that just wants to hug Angus for, like, forever. I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me, per usual, is my big brother and co-host, the man who isn't playing possum. He's playing awesome. There you go. Mr. Dr. Professor Jason Helms. How's it going, man? Did you know that the Germans actually have different, like, uh, stages, like, ranks, and it's like, hair doctor, professor, hair professor, hair doctor... Hair doctor, doctor. There's even hair doctor, doctor. That's one of them. What if you're a hair doctor? Mm, good call. Hair, hair doctor, doctor. I, I wanted to like doctor? confidently tell you what a hair doctor was. A lepidopterist mm, studies butterflies. I got I think no that's idea. Funny. Yeah. No, it's definitely butterflies. I, I feel know. good about that one. Anyway, good one. Uh, today we are also joined <laughs> by a special guest and one of my best friends. Uh, and to quote the incomparable May Borowski. We're like the best available friends today. Mm. Uh, the Prince of Tagboard, Mr. Sean Thompson. Hey, How you guys. doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. This uh, this is, feels like a little homecoming. Feels like I'm yeah. coming home awkwardly and going back upstairs and moving back in, moving back yeah, home. Yeah, man. Welcome back to Mom. What was the last game you were on here for? Uh, we played um, Sam and Max. Sam and Oh, <sighs> classic LucasArts game. Oh, Or was man. it Thimbleweed Park? I've been on two, right? Have you been on two? Oh my god! This is my third. Back. Oh, this wow. trifecta. Yes, number three. I think so I think you're the our first third timer. Yeah, wow. I don't think we haven't any other third timers. So. I'm excited for the jacket. Yeah, mm. the, the BG fop. Yep. Just keep keep waiting by the mail for that jacket. <laughs> Best good friend of the pod. Best good friend of the pod. Happy times. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today, uh, thanks for joining us, Sean. Today we're talking all about Alec Halauka's 2017 Forest Creature Forward Adventure Game, Night in the Woods. Uh, and Jay, I believe you were the one that put this on the list. Uh, you brought this up at our last uh, weekly staff month meeting that we have every Thursday from 9 to 11. Uh, was that you that put this yes, on the list? Yes, that was indeed me. Why did you pitch this at that meeting? You had the, like, the cork board and you had flannel uh-huh. graphs and there was uh-huh. lots of talking and sleeping by me. Yeah, and there were the pastries that none of us wanted to eat. Yeah, um, well, they were from the previous week's meeting. I, I still ate them. I just didn't want to. Um, that was your fault. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, I had just heard positive things. Uh, the art looks cool. Uh, I, I liked the kind of minimalist, uh, but also DIY style yeah. of it. I had heard that the story itself was good, as particularly the characters. And that's what connected me for it to say that this would be something for Mulf, something that was inspired right. by LucasArts games. By the way, did you catch any direct connections to LucasArts games? Oh, let's get to that. That's a little tease right there. Little I like tease. that because I can, we I still can, need to do my. I, I did catch one. My long kind of pointless intro, where I tell people that first we're going to start with an intro, as if people didn't already know that. Then we're going to get into the making, the development, the history of the long and rich history of this two-year-old game. Uh, then we'll talk about some of the gameplay, where we'll finally let Sean talk a little bit, and then of course we'll play some "What's the Beer? What's the Song?" which is turning into "What's the Scotch? What's the Song?" Then we'll talk about what else we've been playing. Lots of Tetris, by the way. Uh, and then we have a, whole, a new segment that I wrote up, which is just other news. We probably need a cooler name for that. Uh, and then, of course, we will pick next month's game. All right. So getting into the making of. Jay, did you want to connect this to, to the LucasArts, the rich history of LucasArts? 
Well, I, I haven't gone into it deeply to find out, but uh, okay. Tim Schafer did get a shout out in the uh, special thanks in the credits. And so I'm not sure of all of his involvement on it. Um, I probably could have Googled Tim Schafer Night in the Woods and learned more. But, dear listener, I leave that to you to do. And then tweet at us about We don't get paid for that. That's right. We don't. Yeah. yeah. No. As soon as our Patreon hits $15 a month, then we'll look that up. Right? <laughs> one so more close. one more person. Get on there. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, let's, let's get into it. The game started as a Kickstarter a few years ago. Uh, and they were asking for $50,000 to fund this indie game. And they ended up getting 150000 more than that. So four-timed, quintupled their request. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Anyway, they got over $200,000. That's the number to remember. Uh, so they just destroyed their goal. And they actually end up making a few games within this one game. Yeah, they did. And Jay, you're the only one that finished all of them. I did I guess- not finish Demon Tower. Okay, you're the only finish- one that played Demon Tower for more than two minutes. I played a lot of Demon Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Jason is a roguelike fan. Sean, did you play any Demon Tower? I play. I played like three levels of it. All right, all right. Yeah, that's yeah. how far I got too. And then it got kept, more t- difficult. Kept killing like, the ghosts, back to you. and then nice. it kept getting more and more difficult. And I wanted to learn more about Maze Community yeah. and Neighborhood, so I went back to life. Yeah, really yeah. great Zelda style bosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they remind yeah. me of the ones from the OG Zelda. Yeah, it was very oh, nice. very similar to the original Zelda game. Nice. Uh, yeah, so the, the game was developed by Infinite Fall, the studio founded uh, by game designer Al- Alec Halauka uh, and animator Scott Benson. And actually, because they met so much more above their goal, they were able to hire animator Charles Hootner uh, to create anim- <laughs> uh, Charles Hootner to create additional animations, as well as a game developer, Adam Saltzman, to create Demon Tower, Jason's favorite game within the game, uh, within the game of life, really. So, What of Bethany Hockenberry, you say? What of Bethany Hockenberry, Jason? She also did stuff. She did stuff. Did she go on to do anything after the creation of this game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is part of a project with uh, Scott Benson uh, called uh, In My Other Tab. And um, Mm. my browser went all the way to the bottom of my screen where I can't get to it. Uh, Uh, Something about glory. Does everybody, the glory, mm, I can almost read it, but I can't get the thing out of the way. You got this, man. You got this. Uh, It. My mouse moved it down. The Glory <laughs> Society is what Glory it society. is. It's a Ooh. worker Ooh. co-op that makes video Thank games. You. Thank you, Ben. Led up by, I don't know if it's led by anyone, so it's three people. Bethany Hockenberry, Ren Farron, and Scott Benson. Led by uh, their hearts. Company, it looks like the company they started after uh, Night in the Woods. Yep. Yeah. Anything more on that? Oh, that's all I got. They haven't really announced much yet, um, right. but uh, forthcoming projects that I will be interested in. All right. Uh, Halauka also created the score and released the OSC as three albums worth of the game's music, which sounds like something I would do if I created a game's music. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. something you would do. This music's all <laughs> awesome, and people need four hours of it, or however much that's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it received really good uh, reviews across the board, won a bunch of gaming awards. Good for them. Uh, yeah, just definitely did not feel like an indie game. Felt like a, a well-thought-out, uh, highly-funded, uh, mass-produced game. Uh, should we just get to the gameplay? Let's do it. Let's get to Let's it. Let's do it. Talk about the gameplay. Or, rather, or should I say get Good to the job. story because some people say there is no gameplay. We'll get to, okay, so we'll get mm. to uh, Jason's criticism, maybe? No, how, no, yours. Oh, is not nay, a crit- sir. Nay, sir. Oh, okay. So uh, we'll get, uh, let's jump into it right now. Okay, so I, I thought this was kind of the opposite of a Nintendo game where Nintendo has for 40 years or whatever 
uh, focused on the the gameplay, right? This is is this game fun to play, and then we'll slap a story on it. Uh, sometimes better than others. Sometimes the story's great, but the game is always fun to play in the moment. And this game was story first, narrative led all the way. Gameplay was tertiary. I don't even know what the second thing would be, but this was definitely Twee, twee would be second. Twee, yes, exactly. <laughs> so story, twee, then gameplay. Yeah. Uh, w- yes. Uh, but yeah, j- was was that frustrating for you, or was that something you just latched onto and loved it? I'm not sure that I totally agree. It's it's actually made me rethink what I define as gameplay. Okay. Because in terms of mechanics, I think you're right. You have a note there that says, do my choices really affect the game? And somewhat, I I, I think they do. Uh, not just the order in which things happen, but there, there seem to be some dialogue choices. Uh, I'm not sure how big of an effect. But I had so much fun platforming in this game. And yeah. I was really, really surprised by that. Because uh, the platforming, generally, you know, it didn't matter in the way that a classic platformer does in that you you get like a a special treat up somewhere uh you get bonus points or you know a hidden cassette tape or whatever it might be um but it often did lead to new story bits so uh did either of you um mother a family of rats at any point in this game me 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 yeah i did i did did not i fed them soft pretzels that i stole did did you feed them enough that they got to go on and lead their own lives no, I, th- I feel like I missed a day at the beginning oh. because I just got to a point where they didn't really want any more. Oh, no. You know, they disappear, but they end up over in the uh, old, Aww. not the snack falcon, the food donkey. Um, Aww. And Aww. Uh, they're they're living a life in there, and you, you get to finally go into the food donkey. <gasps> and you're just like, hello, all my rat children. I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. And then you just sit down there for as long as you want. It's one of those things where you just sit and then rats play around you. And it's That's like, awesome. okay, I guess I'm done. Warms the heart. Uh, there are a lot of those moments where it, nothing will happen or the, or the animation won't change until you press a button. You sit yep. there for 20 minutes and nothing would change. Well, I think wait, every day waking up was like that. Oh, I love mm-hmm. the wake up thing. It took that me so cool. long to realize that I was the one yeah. doing that. Wake up whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Go to bed whenever you want. Yeah. Always jolted awake. Yes, always. Right? I love yeah. popping the shoes off and going to bed. And then trying to get them in the morning. Trying to get them on. It's always a struggle. Oh, my oh, God. So true. And then B complains later that there's a uh, rat infestation at the pickaxe. I love it. And, she, and she's worried about it. Of course. Yeah, it's May's fault. Sean, what about you? When you first started playing the game, what were some of the first things that you kind of latched onto, things that were enjoyable? Yeah, I was so confused because I was like, I, I knew nothing about this game going in. Um, and I'm I'm so used to console games, you know, coming from Xbox and Nintendo. It's like, all right, here's a quick two-minute intro cutscene, and you got to go do something. Right. So for me, it was like, why am I talking to all these people? I'm just doing a lot of reading. Yeah. When do I do something? Like, right. where's the action here? Give me a gun. Give me a gun. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me shoot somebody. Uh, um, and I think I was texting you guys and, and Jason said something about, no, no, no. Like the story is the game. Like, and the game is the story. And oh. once, yeah. Whoa. Heavy, bro. <laughs> the game is the story. The story is the game. Um, and once I stopped trying to get somewhere and just actually enjoying, oh, I'm 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 experiencing someone's life, and that is kind of what the the gameplay is, is that you know these me- seem somewhat meaningless interactions are just kind of that, but that doesn't mean they don't have you know any kind of purpose or you know they they are in the long run you know necessarily meaningless. It's like you're forming these relationships with these people that you haven't seen in a while. Um, and that's the game. And it was it was really interesting to see, like, in Chapter 2, 
but I was telling you guys like, oh, you can like choose, almost choose your own adventure. You can go do things with Greg or you can go do things with May. Yeah. And both of them move your story forward and get, you know, further along in the narrative, which was really, I personally went with May because I thought she was really cool. I just like that she's smoked a lot of cigarettes and it's cool. Had to go. You guys, did you guys do the the what was it? The radiator fixing? Yes. What was the radiator fixing? Oh, that was my favorite part of the whole game. What? Oh Wait, man! It's the, with the fire. The furnace, with the fire right? fly, yeah, the furnace with the fire with the fireflies. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no way! Oh, did you guys? Did you guys get electrocuted? No, I didn't get nope. electrocuted. Oh, I, I sent you the gift of that. Boom. Yes. Ben, you referenced the best available friends line, and yeah. in my game, when she says that, it's like she says. It's like we're just two friends trapped in a basement trying to fix a furnace, which is a reference to what John's talking about. So I'm not sure that even showed up in yours. No. So so basically, May uh, is working, and uh, some this old lady calls her, and uh, she's got a broken furnace. She has to go fix it. B Uh, was working. B was working. B had to go fix it. May went along with her. Gotcha. uh, And you kind of just beat the crap out of the furnace with a baseball bat and fix it, and then you catch fireflies (laughs) for B to make her feel better. Oh, yeah. dude, that's cool. Yeah. Which also was one of the most was I mean, going we haven't really talked about the art, but it was also a really really beautiful scene, just art and design wise. But the whole the whole game was really was was gorgeous. Was something I really liked. But that scene in particular was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, mine. I I must have been one of the first days before before you mentioned something of like, oh, you can kind of pick who you want to hang with. I think when you said that, I, everything I did after that was with May because I, I liked her more. Well, one of the first days I hung out with Greg at Snack Falcon. And he's like, hey, you want to come hang out? I was like, yeah, let's come hang out. Of course, we're going to hang out. And we basically spent like 10 minutes just like calling each other names while walking <laughs> somewhere. And he's like, here, take this baseball bat. I was like, all right. And he's like, beat up that car. I was like, why would I beat up that car? That's stupid. I don't want to go to jail. I was trying to play it safe. And I got some options. And he's like, fine, if you don't, if you don't do it, I will. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So I beat up this car, just destroyed the living hell out of it, cracked all the windows, beat up the hood. You guys didn't do this at all? None. No, None I but I, I did. It. I did beat up or break the the fluorescent lights with Greg. Me too. Oh, that I saw awesome. that in the trailer, but I didn't get to do it. That part was super fun. Oh, dude! <laughs> he just is like lobbing underhand like fluorescent lights, and you're hitting over oh, the bat. That's amazing. and then he hit you with a beer bottle when you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Oh, dude. No. So oh. basically, you need the uh, the car battery out of this car. So eventually, you get it out and you get electrocuted. And you take that battery and you put it in this giant like I sent you a picture of it. This like mechanized. I can't. It was. It was. Basically, like a Chuck E. Cheese that was in the front yes. of some like um, Chuck E. Cheese like thing in the game that they they talk about, and then I get electrocuted later when I turn the on button, and that's when I made the gif and sent it to you guys of her just on the ground like writhing in pain, and Angus walks in. I was like, "Hey, May, how's it going?" Anyway, lots of fun getting electrocuted with uh, with Greg out there. So, did you guys both get in a knife fight with Greg? Yes. No. What? Yes. Oh no! You didn't awesome. get to stab. Oh, you didn't do the, the stabbing game. Yes. What? I love that oh, game. Man. I love this that game. This game is getting better and better. The fact that you can play so many different ways is blowing my mind. There's, right now. And there's so many mini games. The knife fight was so good. Uh, how about Mall Fountain? Yes, that was actually my favorite, favorite, very favorite part of the whole game. Was yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Mall Fountain was pretty awesome. The, the Such a great game. turn. All right, so so Sean, I, I don't want to out you, and Ben can edit this out if if you need to, but you weren't able to finish the game. Where did you get to? And should we not spoil? Should oh, yeah. we like just just finish it here and tell you what's going on? Uh, no, no. Where were so, you at? Yeah, I got about oh, pretty some close to midway to the end of chapter three. But I did read ahead today, did okay. the spoilers for myself, so we can talk about all that. So no worries there. Cool, cool, cool. cool, cool. My one of my notes was it felt more like a walking simulator 
than a Glenn of the Classic Adventure game. Uh, and part of that was the the very linear story and the kind of lack of puzzles and also the illusion of choice within those dialogue options. And it seems like, I don't know if it was within the dialogue options or the fact that you could choose Greg or B in those, you know, every day. It was like you could do one thing for that first week or whatever. And it seems like that was a big difference just from talking to you guys for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that definitely changes my opinion of the game and my kind of, uh, I don't know, rating of the game, but just my view of the game as a whole. It felt very linear while I was playing it, but it's cool to hear that there was a lot of the game I never even saw. Uh, did you guys get the tooth? What? No. What tooth? Oh, the best thing. Okay. So hmm. this game is super, super uh, socialist um, take down the giant corporation mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you get like lots and lots and lots of small nods at that. Uh, there's the general vibe of the town that's falling apart and it's lost all of its institutions and people are leaving. And there's this real sense of just just loss and, and a loss of meaning in the town. Right. And there's these stories told of a workers revolution against a large corporation, I think against the mines. The mines. Back in the a day. Mine. <laughs> so yep. at one point you hear this story about how the the workers there's a group of workers basically the the union or the the heads of the union get the big robber baron right they go catch him yeah and they hold him down and they rip out his teeth holy okay and then every member keeps one tooth and passes it down in their family as like this is what the union is this is all of us together against the large corporations like we will fight them back right and that's a story you read I can't remember. It might be in the library. I can't remember where I found it. But yeah, that's a story you find out about. Dark. Um, yeah. I think you get pieces of it in the microfiche in the library and then pieces elsewhere. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. If you keep going back to the to the bookcase on the second story of your house, eventually one of the books you check out has a combination in it. Yeah. If you get your dad to safe. move your, the boxes, oh, there's a safe yes. back there. Inside the safe, there is only a tooth with no explanation whatsoever. Oh. Wow. And so well your done, grandpa sir. was one of these guys. And you, did you hear um, the story from the old lady oh. about your grandpa? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty great. Yeah. So he's he definitely a rebel. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so at the end of the game, if you've got the tooth, you give it to your dad during that final interaction. Oh. Oh. Uh, that interaction like, where he's like, I guess it's as close as I'm going to get to a union. Well, right. Um, right. You give, so you what happens when you give the tooth? Like, he's like, damn right. You know, this, this reminds me that I can always, you know, Sometimes you got to rip a guy's teeth out or something like, like, you know, I, I've got the spirit back in me. Like this will give me hope for, for the next day. Uh, and it makes me wonder if, if I missed something that I could have done with her mom, that would have had a similar kind of effect. Like, I wonder how many things in this game I missed. Totally. That's what I'm wondering right now. How many things did Jason miss? Jeez. So many. Yeah. All right. So I think this is probably a rough podcast to listen to for people who have not played the game so far. (laughs) It's a lot of like the tooth. No way! The th- something Should we say no, what happened crazy. in the game? Um, so yeah, let, let's give... Sean, would you be, feel comfortable giving an overview of the plot and then maybe handing it off to Jason for the last... Whatever you feel comfortable, I guess? Yes, I will do my best and uh, we'll lean on Jason for relief. Uh, tap in when I need to. Let's do that. Um, so you uh, enter this game as May Boransky? Borowski? Borowski. Borowski. Yeah. A 20-year-old uh, college dropout... Um, that and is returning cat. to, and she's also a cat. Yes. Anthropomorphic. <laughs> is that yes. the the term? Yeah. All the characters yeah, yeah. in uh, her hometown of Possum Springs. She's returning to Possum Springs um, and she's dropped out of college, moving back home with her parents. 
And you were basically playing with her um, and going back and interacting with people from her hometown, primarily a group of her old high school friends uh, by the names of Bay, Bay, B, 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 A, and uh, Greg, G R E G G, two G's, um, and his lovable boyfriend, Angus. Yeah. Um, And you are also all in a band together where May plays bass. And if you are me, Horribly. So bad. Horribly. So badly. Not just me. It was so bad. I did okay uh, on like the first or second song. And that third uh, song. I, was just I like, have no. a feeling this game unlocks something if you play it really well. Too. Oh, I'm sure. It, they made a point of being like, wow, that was really bad. Yeah. Awkward pause. I guess we'll go to the next part of the plot now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the listener, there's a bunch of mini games. One of them being a guitar hero slash rock band-esque kind of thing where you're playing band practice. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a 2D platformer where you can just kind of jump around, walk on power lines, jump on roofs, um, and interact with pretty much anything and everyone you can see and talk to. Um, and a lot of those interactions end up not really adding anything to the plot, but are really, really funny. And which is kind of what returning home to college is like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. That's what returning home to college is like, because it's the interactions you have with your old friends seem very pointless. And yet mm-hmm. it's in those pointless interactions that often you, you kind of discover a lot more meaning about yourself and, and your situation. Um, it captures that feeling really well. So uh, during the course of the game, you spend the first week just kind of hanging out, doing stuff, uh, and then intensifying these friendships. But at the same time, uh, May is also suffering from some kind of mental illness. Uh, it's the reason that she left college. Uh, she has panic attacks. Uh, and then she starts to worry that maybe she's having hallucinations because she totally sees some guy kidnap a kid at the Halloween festival called Harfest because they don't have our holidays. They have made up holidays. They have made up religions. Longest night. Oh, it's fantastic. I love the little yeah. mythos that they built. Yeah. Um, so uh, she sees a kid get kidnapped, but she's not sure if it really happened or not if, or if it's part of her hallucinations. And none of her friends really believe her. So you spend most of, I think it's the third or fourth act of the game, tracking down leads, trying to figure out, um, yeah. you know, well, there's supposed to be a ghost up at this place. There's supposed to be a ghost over here. And each place you go to, that figure follows you and you see him in the background somewhere and your friends start to see him too yeah. and realize that it's not a hallucination. That leads you to an altercation. Um, let's see. Ben, how do you... Help me out here. How do you get out to the mine the first time? Uh, it's past the basketball courts. Yep. But you've uh, never been back there for yeah, some reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's scary up there. And yeah, you're with your friends and you see them down in like this little valley. I think it's by the entrance of the mine. Yeah. Do you remember what led you back there, though? I felt like uh, she was she was getting worse. Her illness was getting worse before then. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I think she goes to her friends and is just like, I'm losing it. We have to find this. What's going on? Because they have the lead. So they have the lead, right? And and they say basically like, "Who's going to help me out?" B, you're going to tell you're going to help me go to the um, cemetery. cemetery. Angus, you're going to help me go to the cliff. Yep. And what happened with Greg? I I didn't do anything with Greg. I didn't either. And so basically, yeah. you go with Greg. I wonder what happened if you if one of us had gone to him first, if yeah. if he would have gone somewhere. But I assumed that the third option was this one. Got it. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they went into the woods that first time, but because they end up going two or three times there in that fourth chapter. Right, right, right. Um, I can't remember what this time was for. But anyway, they, they go out there and they're like, oh, did you hear something over there? And it's all of the people kind of dressed like the, the ghost that she keeps seeing. Dude, it's so dark. Like 
breaking someone's leg, basically, who was mm-hmm. like going to squeal on them. Was that kind of the gist of it? Yeah, his leg got stuck. Yeah, in like, like a, a minecart. Yeah, and so they have to to snap his leg, maybe off. It seemed like it may be off. There's lots it's of screaming. Really, it's really bad. <laughs> I feel like we're getting bogged uh, down here. Anyway, they, and they, and they, they discover they, the group. It's a of, cult. It's, a it's cult. some kind of cult that's going to murder one of yeah, their own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, May gasps. They all hear. Uh, everybody takes off running. During the course of this, a hunter uh, shoots at May, thinking she's uh, a deer. Misses her, but she, in trying to evade this, falls into a, a deep hole. And you don't know that because the screen goes black yeah. as soon as the gunshot happens. And now you're playing as B. Yeah. And that's a big jump. So, Ben, did you think that May was dead? No, I did not. I, th- I thought that it was my my uh, challenge to go and find her, though. Yeah, Which it basically too. was. But, um, yeah, I didn't think she was dead. That was an interesting route to go, and it left open the idea that she might be. But oh I did not believe that the game was going to do that, and I'm glad no. they didn't. No, 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 no. So yeah, basically, you find May, and, or she—I guess she finds herself, right? She kind of walks yep. out of the woods. She's in a coma for a little bit. She finds her friends after a couple days, and she's like, "We need to go in the woods and end this." Basically, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, if she finally just sneaks out on her own after recuperating barely. That's right. And then she goes out. It's a great scene. She goes out to the forest, and she finds the original guy that she saw kidnapping that kid. And she's like yelling at him, mm-hmm. like, say something, you know, I, I'm right here. Talk to me. I can see you. I know that you're real. My friend saw you, you know, all this th- kind of thing. And just as you feel like the guy's about to attack her, all of a sudden he gets shot in the shoulder with a crossbow oh, so because good. Greg <laughs> shows up and it's all of her friends. And they're like, fuck <laughs> off, dude. This is our pal. Because <laughs> um, that's kind of how they talk. Yeah. Um, and I just like giving Ben editing work. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, then they chase the guy to, into the mine. Oh um, they have a big altercation with the entire cult. The cult reveals that they've been kidnapping people to throw into the depths of the mine to feed to some kind of Cthulhu type monster because that keeps the town prosperous. None of them have seemed to wonder that, um, maybe the town actually isn't prosperous and maybe it's not working. Right. And so you, it's, it seems like a larger statement about political climates and then, you know, just keep doing the same thing. Cause if we, if we didn't, things might be bad. It's like, well, maybe things are bad. And uh, then you all run away. The original uh, ghost guy, the original cult member tries to get you. Yeah. He gets trapped in a mine elevator and his arm gets ripped off. Yes. Uh, and then you eventually make your way out of the mine with May leading the way to safety. But um, in that, somewhere yes. in there, it blacks out. Yeah. And you, you, go, you kind of are hovering there in nothingness before you come to. And basically, you have this conversation with God. Yeah. Which isn't your first conversation with God in this game. No. But something stood out to me. I, I, t- I took some screenshots of it. And basically she says, in the end, uh, if this is the end, I want it to hurt because that means it meant something. And it means I am something, at least. I thought that was I love that line. And there's all of the lines that God says, they're just um, wingdings, right? They can't understand yeah. anything. It's all, I mean, the yeah. whole game is subtitled. Um, this game, would, by the way, would be a completely different game with voice acting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That would be fascinating to hear because I'm sure we all have totally different character voices going on. I'm sure Greg, for all of us, is the same. We all know who that is, but still, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but this is also when we get to the best part of the game. I thought maybe they're like the cutest part of the game, the most adorable part, where she's like, "All right, I'll guess I use my dolphins to get out of this mine shaft." Yes, my dolphins. <laughs> Wait, your oh, dolphins? Use all my dolphins? What do you mean? What do you mean dolphins? Yeah, you know, like when you almost die and you get all hyper and your body gets filled with dolphins. Uh, you mean endorphins? <laughs> and then Greg just goes, May, 
Ride those dolphins up out of here. Ride those dolphins up out of here. <laughs> Boom. Uh, and then as they're walking away, they end up going up there. And their one fan, their band's one fan, Germ is up there. Germ. And they're like, germ. hey, could we close off this mine shaft? And he's like, yeah, I got some dynamite. Because he's Germ. And he does. Yeah. And he's a great fan. Uh, and as they're walking away, I'm just kind of like contemplating like, okay, so there's like a cult of dads. And they're killing like random people. They're basically, I guess they're kind of doing a... Uh, uh, Jonathan Swift, a um, modest proposal, modest proposal of just like killing off the poor and uh, they are killing off societies unwanted. Yeah. Um, to save the tax burden and save the burden on others. Right. Um, Not necessarily to feed some like God in a uh, in a pit in a mine, but still anyway. Uh, and then B all of a sudden just goes, it strikes me that we just murdered all those dudes down there. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think I would have thought of. I think I would just. Yeah. Like, if the game had ended, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. And they're like, and even like the next day, they're like, yeah, it'll probably take them a few days to die. Can yeah. you tell someone? Yeah. No, let's just, let's eat pizza and, and play yeah, another song. They're a bunch of murderers. No, Angus has the best line there, which is it? like, because they're, they're debating whether or not they're murderers. Yeah. It's like, no, we weren't trying to kill them. We were just trying to escape. You know, we didn't do anything wrong. No, we're definitely murderers. And then Angus is like, I don't care for murderers. They were evil. They yeah. were killing people. They deserve to die. And if I'd been given a choice, I would have chosen to kill them. Yeah. I'm glad we did what we did. And it and wasn't like, a choice. Damn, it was Angus. the other thing. It was like, it was an accident, but if it wasn't, I would have done it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> May's quote from that scene is, the world is extremely bad. Yep. <laughs> yep. Which is fair. Ah, oh, so there you go. We spoiled Night in the Woods for everybody. And oh, we, hey, spoiler We left alert. so much of that game out. We didn't talk about Uh-oh. any of the dreams. No. We didn't talk about any of the actual puzzles. We haven't uh, talked about uh, Lost Star, Lost Constellation. Oh, yeah. All those those uh, evening, yeah, whatever, Lost Star or something like that. Yeah. Uh, all the bonus evening games. Constellations. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, you remember Adina? I don't, but made it. That was one of her favorites. Yeah, it, it was. And did you go up on uh, the guy's roof and look at stars with him? Every day. Yeah, yeah. I okay. Yeah, yeah. So you got one of them was Adina and something yeah. about a frozen lake. and Yeah. The Lost Star or Lost Constellation, whichever game that is, um, you play as Adina. And you go through her entire story. Got and it's a it. okay. really good story. The mini game outside of this game. It's like an hour. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, 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 solid. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm glad they did something with that Kickstarter money, too. And it wasn't just like... I mean, obviously, if they just got paid more to do it, that's great. Uh, but the fact that they went over and above kind of just making this 10-hour game, it's pretty great. Dude, you, you get to build snowmen. Um, oh, I love the snowmen. mechanics are a little bit different. So you can actually, like, slide on the snow. Ooh. Um, Sometimes when I segue, just doesn't follow me. Just kind of pulls me back. No, I, I just want to talk about all the games. <laughs> uh, what was the other See, game? We are, we are pattern makers. Um, <laughs> longest night. I think it's longest night. That sounds right. And lost constellation. I think those are the that two. Longest night. But the longest night is just making constellations, which is why it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like the star mini game from earlier, except you have to connect all the stars to make a constellation, which I'm guessing was the ri- original idea for it. But it's a little bit unwieldy. So I'm glad that they went with the route they did. Uh, which was actually more fun, but you get, it's just um, the four of you sitting around a fire. And so the background of it is like all stars and there's a fire right in the middle of the four of you sitting there as though you're just kind of looking up at the stars. That's cool. And as soon as you make a constellation, Angus tells you a story about it and you have the interactions with all the different ones. And at the end may there's a, there's a, a nice little moment where she, she's like, um, Hey B, when was the last time we talked to each other? And B's like, Oh, we haven't talked to each other in five years. We got in a fight when I was 12 and like, I haven't seen you since like, yeah, I thought I'd been a bit. Wait, why are we here? Who knows? 
Greg Angus? I haven't seen you in like a year and a half, have I? Oh, no way, dude. You haven't, you haven't been back to Possum Springs in forever. Where are we? Wait, what? are we just floating in space? Like, what you thought was like an artistic depiction is like actually what's happening, that they're just floating in space around a fire. And then they start like repeating what she's saying. It's like a terrifying kind of surreal moment. And she starts screaming, and then it just cuts to her eyes opening, the full screen of her eyes opening, and her going, oh, wow. I want to go back to sleep. <laughs> it's like... It was a nice teaser for the game. That's cool. So I have I have two questions for you guys. Uh, one is, what do you think happens to May? Like like mm. one year, five year, ten year. Like she's such a complex character. I mean, interesting. I guess that's up to the person, but they did a good job of kind of portraying a realistic cat person. I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of flaws. Lots of good stuff. Just kind of yeah. Seemed seemed like someone that I knew from school, basically. Right. I was just trying to imagine, like, she's 20 now. She's figuring out herself, her life. Do you think she goes back to school? Do you think she takes up that job at that taco shop? She's She started the game directionless and uh, just filled with anxiety. And I think one thing that can help with that is a feeling of overcoming um, obstacles in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did during this game, is she overcame these gigantic obstacles. She faced fears. She faced these things. And so... My thought is that it will – she was suffering from so much inertia that it kind of doesn't matter what she does, but I think that she will have success in it and be able to say like, okay, I'm going to do the taco job for like six months and we'll see where it goes. Uh, maybe I'll go back to school. Maybe I'll do this instead. But she'll actually start to have some focus and she'll do the taco job for as long as she needs to and then be able to move on rather than just bouncing from job to job to job directionless. Maybe with um, some therapy. Not Dr. Hank. That's Doc- for sure. No, 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 no. I like that answer, and I'm okay not giving mine unless, unless Sean, you had. Did you have a good answer for that one? Um, I didn't have a good answer for that one. All right, so let's go to the next question then. Which what we all have to I, I really want to know yours now. No, I, I, I was thinking of it as I asked it, but I, feel oh, I like cool. yours. I like yours. Yours is as well thought out as mine would be. So, uh, what do you guys think is the kind of moral of the story? Is maybe a bad way to put it. Kind of, the, but the point of this game might be a better way. Uh, and I'll go first because I, I made up the question, but. Uh, the tagline, it's on the website, I don't know, and it's presented a few times in the game, but on the website it says, at the end of everything, hold on to anything. Which, which that, when I saw that tagline, that's when I thought of this question of like, oh, that's an interesting way to kind of posit this entire game. Because uh, I hadn't thought about it that way uh, until I saw that. But basically, I think the, the game does a good job of not being more moralistic or judgy at all for any sort of kind of lifestyle or point of view. Uh, and it accepts characters and people for who they are and the mistakes that they make and doesn't really shy away from characters making really dumb mistakes, realistic mistakes. Uh, and their weirdness isn't only accepted by others, but it's embraced by their group of friends at, that just, they love each other despite their constant mistakes and irritations. Uh, but through it all, it's their dedication uh, to not putting up walls and being real and vulnerable with each other uh, that while it's often the root of all of their dysfunction and drama, that realness that they have, that vulnerability and intimacy that they have as a friend group. Uh, it's also the group's defining characteristic. It seems like there's, there's there not a lot of walls between them, even when they're fighting. They're very real with each other, very honest. Uh, and that's the thing that kind of constantly brings them closer together. And even though there's hardships and, and drama and difficulties within that, it seems like that to me was the thing that stood up, that if this game was kind of a proponent of one thing in life, that would be it. Like, be vulnerable with each other. Hold those relationships close. Be real with each other. Be honest. So, yeah, in summary, cut the BS, be real, 
accept people for who they are and don't try to change others. Does that you reflect any of that or see any of that in the game? Yeah, I uh, I was thinking about um, there's no meaning but what we make. Um, okay. like like life, the universe, all this stuff is meaningless. Don't search for meaning there, but instead, that makes it even more vital that we create our own meaning. That it's it's this sense of responsibility that's tied to that kind of um, nihilism. And so, but it's like a, it's a weirdly hopeful nihilism of, yeah, yeah, nobody's going to tell us how to live our lives. We need to figure that out and we need to desperately. And it's important and it has consequences. And I love they, how they even portrayed the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Not believing in God, at least every yeah, day, yeah, yeah. at least every second, right? Of having real doubts and, and not really, and not pretending to have that, but being real, even with the person that she just met. Her line of God damn this world. Yeah. Just. Gosh, that was good. Yeah. Sean, what about you? I think for me, I mean, it it's kind of interesting. In, amidst all the hijinks and, you know, sarcastic lines and sassiness and, and wittiness that um there's some like really, really deep like moments in the game, you know, when you're when you're talking to Greg and he's going really, really deep about beliefs and things that have happened and pain and and it's like, whoa, that that feels out of nowhere. Um for me, the thing that kept kind of coming back up is that life, just living life is really, really hard. Um, and sometimes just the the weight of, you know, being alive, it can be almost unbearable. Yeah. Um, and I think they, they, they take that a step further with her being 20 and, and coming back to town and uh, dropping out of college, being a young person today can be especially, especially hard. And I I feel like something that they were trying to communicate was empathy toward, you know, people in May's position, people, you know, kids that are, you know, we say kids because I'm 32, so I'm a little older. But, um, you know, mental illness is real and the struggles of of being a young 20 20 year old, uh, you're not a kid anymore. And and something that I, I reflected on and I saw read in a review is that. Uh, every adult that she talks to in the game that may talks to everyone calls her a kid and she goes, well, I'm, I'm 20. And she says, yeah, you're still a kid. You're still a kid. But at 20, like you feel like you're supposed to kind of start being an adult now. You're like, well, I'm not in college anymore. I guess I should start figuring out what I want to do with my life. But, you know, people still see me as a kid and I still feel like a kid. I want to do things like get in sword fights with my friend or just go to the mall and, and steal a, piece of jewelry or, you know, play with a water fountain. But I also have all this anxiety and I don't know how I feel about God and life and death and all this kind of stuff. And it was just really, really interesting. The mix of, you know, existentialism and the nihilism like you talked about, Jason. Um, And I guess kind of like what you said, Ben, the whole point of it is, you know, make the most of the people with, with the people around you. And I, and that was when I really started to enjoy the game was realizing, oh, the point of this game is to foster these relationships. And so that's why I kind of kept choosing to hang out with B every time it was time to go do something. I'd wake up and I'm like, I'm going to go see what B's doing because I hung out with her last night. Um, and as those relationships form, you're still doing meaningless stuff like going and fixing a furnace or, right. you know, drinking in the woods. Um, but these conversations start to yeah. come up and, and lead and, and, you know, that's that's what you have. And the, those are the, I guess those are the, the, the things that make life meaningful, yeah. even though they are seemingly meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Anything more on, on gameplay at all as, as a whole? 
I I just like this game more and more the more I play it. So, I want to go back. It. I yeah. want to start it again. I want to play the whole thing again. Sure. Find out what else I can do. Oh, I uh, I played on Switch instead of my laptop. Oh, nice. Because my space button was broken and I needed it for like everything. Same. And it I it was so much more enjoyable on the Switch. It was I was really, really surprised. On Switch. Yeah. What'd you play it on, Sean? Uh, I just played on my Mac on Steam. Oh, nice. From Steam. nice. Uh, guys, this game was pretty fun, even with a couple of frustrations. <laughs> but um, when I was done, I just had two questions. Mm-hmm. This game's pretty fun, with frustration. When I was all done, I just had two questions. What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell. I just want to know. What game is Westy 12? game is Westy right, 12. I think Jason and I already picked Westy 12s. Um, so this game can't be it. Timbleweed Park was my Westy 12, I believe. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't double that. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so, uh, Sean, let's start with you. Start with the guest. Okay. What was your, uh, what was your beer for this game? So, a uh, little bit of backstory. Uh, like I said, I didn't really like this game when it started. I don't know if I made that look clear because I didn't know what was happening. And yeah, yeah. I was like, where's the action? Where's the gameplay? Uh, what's the beer? What's the song? Nice, uh, nice. And then I realized, <laughs> then I understood, oh, like the story behind it and what was you know going into the game and what I needed to do to explore all these different cool things. Very much like a type of beer that took me a long time to come around to, which I have Mr. Ben Helms to thank for sour beers. Yeah, man. For the longest time, I did not like sour beers at all, which I have Jason to thank for. So we had a nice little sour beer train we got going on here. I'm the sour beer grandpa. Yeah. (laughs) Ben Helms introduced me to a little beer called supplication by Russian river brewing delicious barrel aged, uh, sour ale. Um, that I've just grown to love and nice. appreciate and understand its complexities and intricacies. And I like it more and more the more I drink it. Oh, that one's so good, man. That was a classic. Quick side note. Um, I went to a consecration on Saturday uh, of a deaconess <laughs> and um, could not for the life of me remember the word consecration, like repeatedly throughout the day. Also like, another great day. It's a, it, we're going to a dedication. I'm sorry. It's a bapt- <laughs> what is the thing we're doing? And Megan would be consummation? Like, what is Consum- this? We're going yeah. to a consummation. What's happening? How do, I, how do I prepare for this? <laughs> are you we can't. participating? Are we watching? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Jay, what's your beer? Uh, I went with Samuel Smith's Winter Welcome. Um, it was one of the first beers that I really, really loved and sought out. Um, a nice, drinkable uh, winter ale. Strong, but not overly strong. It was a beer that I think 20 years ago really would have stood out as as a, you know, pretty, you know, flavor forward beer. Uh and mm. nowadays is not much of that. Uh but I find it comforting. I'm filled with nostalgia about it because it was a an early beer that I got into and liked. Um and then just the the sense of seasons. Uh it's only available at certain times of the year, but it's also not something that you have to like run out and find. It doesn't have that kind of you know, cult following nerdy stuff. It's just a nice fun beer that I really like and want to cozy up with. Nice. I like it. Nice. Uh, I went with a homebrew that I made called blue. I dedicated it to, I I still have a few bottles. I dedicated it to, or I guess I I made it for five iron frenzy. The the character from old school. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. It's well, and unlike him, 
Old people do. They die. This is an old beer and it has not died yet. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like May and her friends. It's made up of a few incomplete batches that oh. together mm. with their power combined turned into one great batch. Uh, anyway. Great. Uh, but yeah, it ended up being a really, really, really good sour beer. And I love it. And I still have, I think I have three uh, 750s of it left. So uh, it's it's a, the reason I, I got it for this game was more, or I, I thought of it for this game was it's a beer that I will only open one or two a year, less than that on average, I guess. Uh, but I'll only open it for spe- like the specialist of occasions with a good friend, good family member, someone who hasn't had it yet. Uh, and that's kind of what this game made me uh, feel like, I guess. I mean, I obviously played it with you two, two of my best friends, but uh, it, this game made me kind of want to soak up life and enjoy every moment more. And um, yeah, it's the whole twee thing. We haven't said twee enough in this episode. Twee. Okay? Yeah. twee. That was our, our, our preview of the game last month was twee, <laughs> which of course I had to look up, uh, which is an adjective, which means excessively or affectedly quaint, pretty, or sentimental, which is, I guess, how I would describe this beer as well. Maybe effervescent a little bit mm. in there. But yeah, that, that is my beer. And my song, moving on, uh, is a Rilo Kiley song, which immediately, I think if you just said the word Twee, I would think of every song by Rilo Kiley. Yeah. And yeah. initially I thought of the Frug because of how just silly it is. The whole like, I can start a book. I can, I can make some mac and cheese. Cup. I can sleep 12 hours. You'll never see my eyes. I can hate your girl. <sighs> I can tell you that song. she's real pretty. Like there's so many lines in the Frug that I'm like, oh, that's so mad. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's and so then, is. As I was writing all of my thoughts on the Frug, the song A Better Son Daughter by Randall kind of came on. And as I'm like writing through tears listening to it, uh, I'm like, oh no, this is a better version. This is a deeper representation of this game in song form. You'll be better and you'll be smarter and more grown up than a better daughter. Your son and a real good friend. But basically it's it's the story in a very emotive way of Jenny Lewis seeing the story of someone who's struggling with the highs and the lows of life. Uh, and, and people have, have uh, I guess, guessed or interpreted that it's uh, someone struggling with uh, bipolar disorder. Mm. Uh, but it's basically someone making mistakes, getting overwhelmed by kind of everyday hardships of life, getting up the strength to accomplish even the most menial of tasks. Uh, and as twee as that can be, um, that's what this game was, I think, for, for me and for, for May especially. And that was my wake-up song on my phone for, like, about a year of my life. Wow. Yo, in retrospect, maybe I wasn't in the best place, but I always found it a really optimistic song. Uh, I've played it for my students before, you know, when we're talking about analyzing music and stuff. And my students, especially when you're, like, 19, 20, a lot of them react to it as, like, wow, that's the most depressing thing ever. And my reaction to it is, no, 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 life is depressing. This is really uplifting because <laughs> it ends with this great statement about your shit may be coming in. Yeah, your your ship may be coming. Just You're hang weak, in but there. Not giving Keep in. working. Keep working. Yeah. Show up to work with a smile. Be a better son or daughter. Be and a son or uh, daughter and a son and a real good friend. All that stuff. It it actually ends on this really upbeat, positive note that I, I think the music really duplicates and reflects uh, in kind of fun ways. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jay, what's your song? Uh, my song is uh, a real throwback for me. It's from International Noise Conspiracy, and the song is Communist Moon. I was just really grooving on the anti-capitalist message of this nice. game and uh, decided to embrace it and celebrate it with, uh, I, I think, a band that I can see uh, definitely Greg listening to uh, and yeah. Angus analyzing the lyrics. Hey brother, won't you please open up your heart for me now? And sister, the 
about you? Yeah, so I had a had a hard time coming up with this one because I was trying to figure out how uh, about a song that represented kind of the same way I felt about my beer. And for some reason, I kept coming back to Kanye West, which is really, really random because I really, really like his music and it's, he's kind of been all over the place. And uh, the song that actually came to mind for me was the song Runaway. And I always find, yeah, I always find something wrong. You've been putting up with my suspicious way too long. When I first heard this song, actually, I, I liked it okay, and and it was it, you, the first time somebody hears it, you're like, this is a ridiculously silly song. He makes a he makes a joke about raising a toast to douchebags, um, which is like the main chorus of the song. And so the first time you listen to it, it it sounds you know very superficial. It just sounds like typical Kanye ego, and it's kind of funny and witty. And it's a song that like builds like crazy. And the more and more you listen to it, the more and more you get into the lyrics, you find like, oh, this is like super, super deep. Um, and then the more you, le- you learn about the context of the song, it was after this whole thing where he interrupted Taylor Swift and, you know, most of the country thought he was a D-bag. And um, this is, it's this whole uh, song about him reflecting on his own antics. And um, it's actually really, really heartfelt. Um, and that song reminded me a lot about this game that starts off really, really witty and silly. And the, the more it goes on, it just kind of gets more and more deep and uh, introspective and emotional. And um, yeah, nice. Kanye West. Of course you pick Kanye West. I love it. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So oh, we have a few other uh, kind of closing notes. And next would be uh, what else are we playing? Guys, I'm going to start because I can't get enough of Tetris 99. Jason, thank you for the switch. You're welcome. For all the joy it's brought me through uh, Zelda, through Night in the Woods, through I don't even know other other games exist Golf Story. Anymore. Golf Story. Golf, golf Story. All right. That's what started the love affair. Don't, but you could never forget Golf Story. Tetris 99. Holy crap, dude. This game is amazing. If, if you have ever talked to me about Tetris, which I know because I'm me, and the answer is no one has done this, uh, all the times we talk about <laughs> Tetris in my life, I've, I have bragged to you endlessly about I'm the best Tetris player I've ever met, possibly the best Tetris player in the world. I've never said these words out loud because no one's ever talked to me about Tetris. But these have been my thoughts for 20-something years now. I play Tetris almost every single day. And getting like being able to play against 100 people at a time every time you turn this game on is heartwarming, challenging, ego-stroking, humbling. It's amazing. I love every second of it. Being it's- able to play against... 98 other people and regularly place number one boom you've done it is it, glad it three times it. now ben uh, four times, three times but that's fine that's four, four times. times you know that's don't amazing. Worry about it. I'll stay about humble it. stay humble stay humble you know anyway how how uh, it's amazing so basically it's been especially because they've both been on the switch i'll just kind of like switch back and forth between the hey <laughs> whoa hey, hey. that nintendo guy really knew what he was doing oh jay what else have you been playing Let's keep it switchy. Um, I am preparing for a big uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate tournament tomorrow in uh, coordination with a mental health uh, resources group in uh, in Fort Worth and with the community college. Um, And so it's a 64-person tournament. There will be uh, lectures on video games going on simultaneously. We're going to have screenings of Jumanji and Wreck-It Ralph at the same time. It's this huge event that I've been planning for tomorrow that uh, by the time you listen to this was a smashing success. Everything went great. Nice. Everybody showed up smashing and we got success. all our systems. 
There you go. But over the weekend, I was like, so we've got seven switches that people have been willing to let us use for this. Um, That is one short. We need eight to do a 64-person bracket. And I have a Switch. I don't have Super Smash Brothers. And I have not gone through the process of unlocking all 72 characters. Wow. So guess what I did this weekend? You unlocked all 72 characters? Wow. I've played a good bit of Super Smash Brothers this weekend. You hate Super Um, Smash Brothers. I don't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like another podcast. But I I would not choose to play it. Um, Okay. That's fair. Yeah. No, I'm I'm fine at it. but I, I think I'm too competitive to play it with others. Yeah. And so sure. I'm just good enough that there will be some people I can regularly beat. And then some people that I just I can't even be on the same stage with. And it's like feeling that over and over and over. I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, yeah, uh, I, yeah no, it was, it was really fun. I fully support that. I have always felt that Super Smash Brothers was overrated. Hot take. Agreed. I had a lot okay. of fun a couple months in college playing it. I think um, you guys probably just lost general, five though. subscribers. I know. Yeah, wow, that's man, it's base. just Brent now. Then your your Patreon's <laughs> back to <laughs> ten bucks. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> all right. I do really like changing my outfit colors in Super Smash Brothers, just like oh. Street Fighter and stuff oh. like that. Like just you know, yeah. slightly changing the color palette. I don't know why that matters so much to me, but I love it. Nice, John. You been playing anything else? Um, I still don't own a Nintendo Switch, much to my chagrin. Mm-hmm. Chagrin. Chagrin. Chargine. 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 So uh, I'm on the lookout for any uh, good uh, Steam recommendations that you guys, the listeners, uh, might have that I can play, you know, in like 30 minute or 60 minute spurts (laughs) since I don't have five hours a night to sit down. If you want to keep it nostalgic, I definitely recommend um, Syndicate from 1992-93. Uh, mm. off of gog.com for like two or three bucks um, and you can definitely play it in 20 to 30 minute increments sweet so there's a recommendation or maybe i just need to buy a switch that's the real recommendation but if they ever put syndicate on the switch my life is over oh my gosh yeah. uh not to segue too soon ben or take step on your toes here speaking of nintendo switches yeah did new nintendo switches get announced i heard i don't know i didn't hear about this is this new news this is my new news to me Oh, new I thought Switch. maybe you guys would be all on about that. Uh, I have, have a new check. segment coming up, and it didn't even make it. Nintendo launched two new Switch models. There it is. Oh, really? Wow. Did this yeah. happen like today? Uh, this was uh, this week. Um, but then there's going to be like a higher end one, a more pricier one that's more focused on like super high quality video. Something wow. Like that. Okay. All right. The we'll, have resources. we'll have the, more on that next that's, month. Then, that's the extent of that I know about it. But tune in next month. Yeah, I guess so. Cool. All right. Yeah, we'll talk about that next month. All right, sweet. Thanks for the heads up. Uh, we do have a little news section, though. And what the first news segment was uh, brought to Jason and I by Sean. And that's the revival of LucasArts. Yeah. The game, I don't know if you read the uh, article or just, if you just read the, the title that you sent us. Did, did you read the thing? I, I read the article uh, very quickly, but uh, it seems like it may be around just bringing back. And, and I'm sorry, it's not LucasArts. It's Lucas. Lucas. Film games. Films. Yeah, yeah, Lucasfilm Games. It's the gaming yeah. division of uh, LucasArts. Which, yeah, which, yeah. Which was the original well, that was the original name of LucasArts. So and that's what uh, they that's the first thing they shut down when they bought uh Lucasfilm was the gaming division. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. so this so is all part of the the merger, right? Yep. Yeah, in 2012, the three point two billion dollar whatever. And and last week Disney posted or I don't know if it was last week, but over the past few months, I think they've been posting jobs and it was revealed last week 
that the jobs they've been posting were specifically for Lucasfilm game uh, positions. Yep. And we don't know what they're going to use those positions for. Uh, some of the speculation is because EA dropped the ball so far uh, with mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 uh, and j- with all of the, the in-app or, or micro, uh, what are they called? Micro purchases? Micro transactions? Micro transactions. Uh, and just the whole deployment of that game was just suspect. Um, that they might be pulling that uh, license. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. That's all speculation. But um, yeah, Disney hasn't been known for their amazing games as much as I love the Aladdin video game for SNES as a kid. Uh, it wasn't a good game by anyone's standards. So it was a great game. It was awesome. They, so was, they so were was made, Lion King they, for Genesis. Oh, Lion King was so hard. Do you remember that all of those 90s Disney games were incredibly difficult? And then yes. do you want to know the reason why? And I why? loved them. Because it's like they were kids games. You thought they would have been easier. It was because they didn't want you to be able to beat it by renting the game. Oh, that's right. That you had to own the game. Because Blockbuster to was beat a it. thing. Yeah. Yes. You remember, we used to rent, we used to rent consoles from Blockbuster. Oh, we rented Genesis because we were Nintendo family. Yes. So we, whatever yeah. like a cool game would you come out. You guys didn't own a Genesis? No. No. Oh, no. we were a big time Genesis household. Oh, we I probably right. played 200 hours of Lion King on Genesis. Oh, yeah. Wow. See, I played six days worth and then had to get <laughs> <it> back. <laughs> Remember when they used to make different games for different consoles? Not like console yeah. exclusives, but like they would have Aladdin for Genesis and Aladdin for Super Nintendo, and they would just be different games. They were completely different, yeah. Yeah. Like you could see some similarities, like the same group worked on them, but then they made I different I would games. rather they, that. I have no idea. At least I'd be able to play some sort of version of Horizon Zero Dawn. You can. It's out. <laughs> isn't it? Is it out for Xbox One or for so. Switch? Uh, for Xbox One, I think. No, dude. It's only out for PS4. Let me check. I'm going to work on that. Nope. Nope, nope. Jason's going to look at that while I go to our next thing, which is basically uh, just me talking for a while, so feel free to look this up. Uh, Apple TV Plus, the Plus, came out this past week, uh, made a big stink, and basically trotted out all of these characters and these shows and these movies they've been working on for their $3 billion or whatever they're talking about for making shows. One of the shows that they're reviving is Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories, uh, which is kind of like his... Um, Goonies version of Twilight Zone Outer Limits. Is that a good summary? That's, a, that's incredibly accurate. Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. Never seen one. But of which, The Dig, which we covered with our good friend Brent Peterson uh, a year and a half ago probably, uh, was almost an original episode. Uh, but it was too costly and so he shoved it over to his good friend George to turn it into a video game. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was cool. There was kind of a little uh, <laughs> mumph in the news this week. <laughs> kind of stretch. Insert bump here. Yeah. In the news. Uh, then the last bit of news. Now Ben has to make that. Yeah. And then the last bit of news. Oh, yeah. We have to have the little typewriter thing or the news ticker. And today's telegraph In the news. In the news. From beyond. All right. In the news. Awesome. That didn't take four hours. So, uh, another bit of news we have uh, is the two-year anniversary of Thimbleweed Park was this week. So, happy birthday, you guys. Wow. David Fox in the game at Al. Anyway, that game we need to play again. Uh, and actually, yes. two-year anniversary is probably a good time to do that. So, if we have time in the next month or two, we'll play that. Uh, I still have fun. It. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll do a side quest on that uh, sometime in the next few weeks because... We played a demo version, and it, the game changed so much the first six months. 
yeah. uh, that that we need to go back. It's, it's a very different game than the one we played. Wait, really? Uh, I'm I'm yeah. just saying that game is Westy Twelve, it, dude. I think you might be right. So we'll we'll do side quests next few months. That's our our guarantee to you. Because uh, yeah, I need to play it again. All right. I think that's all we have. Uh, only thing we have left playing next is what are we playing next? What are we playing? And that is a game that I think I've played more than any other game next to Tetris. And mm. that is the third of the, not a trilogy, because there's like 12 of them, but uh, the third Monkey Island, which is the curse of Monkey Island with special guest Corrigan Vaughn coming back uh, to shower Ooh. us with her negativity towards gaming. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. It'll be good. She's not going to listen to this. It doesn't matter. It'll be great. I hate uh, you, Ben and Jason. I hate video games. Now I hate pirates too. Wait, does she really hate? Does she hate video games? She no. I sh- wait, let me fix that. She she loves Curse of Monkey Island. Or she loved watching me play the Curse of Monkey Island. I should say. Uh, and she she's not a big fan of puzzles and getting frustrated and having to figure things out in games. Uh, but she loves like DDR. And she loves games where you can just kind of like do the thing, accomplish the task. Um, Maybe I'll let her justify her love of gaming or her hatred of gaming next month. Stick around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Anytime. uh, Anytime. We'll have to have you on for a fourth time next time. Uh, Fourth timer. Fourth timer. I'll make a bump for it. Anyway. uh, If Corey hates the game enough, maybe uh, maybe it'll be soon. Maybe next month. (laughs) We'll see. Anyway, uh, you guys can find us. uh, Our website is menoflowmoralfiber.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All of the places. Uh, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just want to like, if you're bored, you just want to type for a while, feel free to insert molmfpod at gmail.com into the little two bar, and then we'll get whatever you type. Uh, feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash month. Uh, and as always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. And I'm a my twee pirate. Mm. And I believe in a universe that doesn't care and people who do. Beautiful. See you guys next month.